James, Chapter 28 Sunday, September 15th, 1776 The true invasion of New York started with the firing of a hundred ships' cannons when we were at church Sunday morning. The first blast made the women shriek. The second blast made me wonder if God himself was fixing to blow the island apart. The third blast caused us to run for the door. Rebel soldiers were dashing every which direction on the street, muskets in their hands, officers bellowing loud. The horses pulling carts and carriages whinnied nervously, bobbing their heads up and down and rolling their eyes in fear of the commotion and noise. The cannons roared again. The sound was coming from the East River side of the island to the north. I searched the skies for flaming comets, for that was how I pictured a cannonball would look. All I saw were startled birds and campfire smoke. The city itself seemed unharmed. Through fear ran neck deep. Madame reached out and grabbed at the coat of an officer striding toward the battery fort. He whirled a curse on his lips, but caught himself when he realized he was speaking to a lady. Does this unholy racket mean the arrival of the war? Madame asked. Yes, ma'am, the officer said. But you need not be afraid. The generals have the matter well at hand. He hesitated as the cannons roared again. Civilians would go home and lock your doors. Do not peer out of windows. Madame contemplated him coolly. What are those men doing? She asked, pointing to the campground. The soldiers were quickly assembling their guns, ammunition, and whatever they could stuff into their sacks. They moved so fast we'd have thought the ground was afire. We are preparing to meet the enemy he said. You are running away, she said. No, ma'am, he said as he started to move away from her. We're moving up to Fort Washington to guard the King's Bridge, he shouted to be heard as a wagon pulled by four horses raced by. We must follow orders. Indeed, madam said. Becky had the Sabbath off, so I served madam her meal of cold pork, peas, and onions cooked with sage. She was calm about finally having the war at her doorstep and thousands of riled-up menfolk marching with guns. In fact, as she ate, she kept a sheet of paper, a quill, and an ink bottle by the side of her plate and would from time to time jot down a word or two. When her plate was empty, she spoke to me direct. I am preparing a list of items for you to purchase. You may leave as soon as the dishes are washed. Beg pardon, ma'am? I need you to go down to the shops. I've no doubt Elu will soon return home, and I'd like to celebrate with a suitable meal. It's a shame that turtles are so hard to come by here. Elu loves turtle soup. She had lost her mind? But the cannons, ma'am, I started. The battle. Surely it will be a few days before... Most of the items can be purchased at Mr. Mason's. She dipped the quill and scratched out another item. He's a thieving rat of a man, but he's loyal to the king. I know he's been hoarding his best wares. She paused as cannon fire boomed again from the north. I don't know why the rebels don't just surrender. They cannot win. I froze at the sideboard. The words of the bald-headed man came to me. If the British win, we'll all be free. Could it be so simple? Might the invaders liberate me from this nightmare? Was this my chance? Madam said something, but I couldn't make out her words. Yes, ma'am, 
I mumbled, but my hands doing the work of a slave, my mind racing free. I will run and join the British. The thought washed over me like a river, sweeping away the dead bees that had filled my brain, brain pan with confusion. The answers tumbled one after another. They'd grant me freedom and give me work. I'd save my money and make my way to Nevis and rescue Ruth. Plain, simple, and true. Are you deaf? Madam scolded me. I had been stirring at the star the I'd been staring at the door and not minding her words. She shook the paper in her hand. I said, take this to Mason. If he can't supply you with everything, he'll direct you where to go. I'll go home, I thought, and you can fetch your own food and empty your own chamber pot and carry your own blasted firewood from the this day forward. Girl, Madame squinted at me and tilted her head to one side. Are you feverish? I gave thanks that she could not hear my thoughts. No, ma'am. I put the list in my pocket and set the last knife on the tray. I'm strong as can be. I'll go to Mr. Mason's directly. I paused at the parlor door. I may be delayed a wee bit, ma'am, I said with care. What with the commotion and all. A dozen or so soldiers dashed down the middle of the street, their boots thudding. It cannot be helped, Madame sighed with a sigh. Walking down Broadway, I was a fish swimming in the wrong direction. Everyone else in New York flowed north and fought against my progress. Continental troops in ragged formation, militia units carrying packs and haversacks, small artillery pieces pulled by horses and carts and weighed down with women and children. The noise was deafening. Along with the shouts of men and women, every dog in the street was barking alarm, pigs squealed underfoot, and occasionally a musket would fire, which led to shouted oaths and yelps. <clears throat> Drums beat and fives blew, and beneath everything was the steady clockwork blast of the British cannons firing at the troops stationed north of us. I kept to the fronts of buildings, ducking into doorways when necessary, until I finally took refuge in, an, in the abandoned Chandler's shop. The door was locked, but the front windows had been smashed to bits when the owner was tarred and feathered some weeks previous. I crawled through the window, taking care not to cut myself on the glass shards jutting out from the frame. I set my basket on the floor. Ruth's doll rested inside it under a rag. That was the one thing I could not leave behind. The shop smelled musty and damp, and the shelves stood empty. All the candles and other goods were stro stolen the day they ran the Chandler out of town. It was a gloomy place, but would serve well as a temporary shelter. I stood by the window and watched the tide of people roll out of the city. Hurry, I silently urged them. Hurry, I also urged the British Army. I did not want them to land right away, not until the last of the crowd had fled. But it would be nice if they arrived right quick after that, before Madame could hire someone to seek me out. Finally, the crowd thinned and cartwheels could be heard echoing up the road. I waited a little longer just to be sure. A few Continentals dashed by, their hands holding their hats on their heads and canteens and cartridge cases hanging against their backsides. They were followed by a rough-looking militia unit that was trailed by a group of slaves carrying shovels and pickaxes. I searched with, for a familiar red hat, but did not find one. 
When the air fell still, with just a few voices calling orders in the distance, I hiked up my skirts and crawled out through the window.